0: This is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X.
1: We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me on the phone is Taylor DiNapoli. Taylor, hello. Good to chat with you again.
0: Hello. It's nice to hear from you. (laughs) I
1: know. It's been like a (laughs) year or more. I know. Goodness. It's been so long. We met doing Aida, the musical, at Axelrod Playhouse with Luis Sagados production team. Um, mm-hmm. That was a that was a journey in itself, which we'll talk about. And your background primarily is in dance. So I want to go back to the beginning of time for Taylor. What were your What were your theater dreams growing up?
0: Hmm. Well, wow. <laughs> my theater dreams, I. I was lucky enough to be born into a musical family. So my parents are in bands on the side and my brother and sister are into music. So I kind of grew up in like a very like artistic family. So I've always been exposed to like the Grease movie and Hairspray movie and like all the musical movies when I was younger. And I loved it. So ever since then, I kind of just like was like hooked on it. And then I, from being in Long Island, I would just travel to New York City a lot, so I would be able to see Broadway shows. So I was like, I want to do that. Um, right. But I did community theater. I actually did community theater. I think we did community theater at the same place. I bought Hollow and East Islip <laughs> yeah. in Long Island.
1: Bayway Arts Pers- <laughs> Performing Arts Center, right? <laughs> yes.
0: So, so community theater, the show choir in high school, the musicals in high school. I did go through like my like, too cool for school phase of like, I'm not doing theater. And then I was like, I love it, I have to do it. So I just grew up being surrounded by the arts and it's always been a dream of mine to be a performer.
1: What was your defining moment where you decided to take it, quote unquote, seriously and pursue it as a career?
0: Um, so I was in a show choir in high school, yeah. which really inspired me. And I was like the dance captain of the show choir. And <laughs> I saw that I, I could see a future... Of myself doing that sure. So I was like I wonder what I can do So I actually didn't start pursuing it seriously Until like Two years after graduating high school um, But once I did A training program at Broadway Dance Center I was like wait I want to do this for real Because I was just testing it out Because I was still young and liked to dance I did a, a training program And then I was like no no I, I need to do this Like, There was just like this bigger wave of energy That would told me that I have to do this and give it a try.
1: What did your, what going back a little bit more prior to moving on up and out of the house and onto the world, what was your, what did your parents teach you about work ethic?
0: Ooh, well, I <laughs> was actually a gymnast my whole life. So my parents put me in gymnastics and I loved it when I was younger. And that taught me discipline and perfectionism, which has its love and hate relationship with um and taught me all about work ethic so that was a big thing that i appreciate from my childhood but also my uh grandparents they their parents were immigrants from italy so when they came here the kids had nothing and then my grandpa's dad died at the age of 10 so then my grandpa had to provide for the family. So literally coming from nothing, my grandpa hustled and made money and did what he had to do to support the family, but then started his own electrical company one day. And now today it's Candy Electric and it's a family business, but it shows that with work ethic, anything is possible. And he tells us to this day to all of us, if you put your mind to it, you could do it. So seeing my grandpa come from nothing and into something and providing for a whole family now is just so inspiring to me.
1: Is that uh, a conscious thought you're having as you're going through life and pursuing your career? Is that story ringing true to you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I would say it's like family for me is first, like family first over everything. So I think subconsciously it's just like a, a story that just constantly replays in the back of my mind, even if I'm not aware that it's playing. But I think it's like a, a pride thing as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's so okay, so going on to going on to studying, I noticed that you, you went and you studied studio recording technology. What was this journey of education after high school?
0: Yeah, so I kind of had the untraditional journey of education after high school, <laughs> which I am all for, and I enjoyed every second of it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so I decided to study studio recording technology at Nassau Community College in Long Island. Um, it was a year course, and then the other half of that would be an internship somewhere, and I was like, school, quick, done, learn something, go out to the real world. I was just so eager to work and, like, explore and learn new things outside of the classroom. Uh, so I, I studied that. It taught me why a lot about uh, music because I came from a musical family, but it delved into things that I wanted to learn more about. Mm. And just learning the business structure of music, which is also something I'm passionate about is a business side of life. So I decided to pursue my dream of performing instead of going in that direction. but my sister is actually a recording artist and singer-songwriter, so she was always like my biggest inspiration as to why I want to do music because like easily she I, I wish I could like spark her career because I would be in music, but it's actually interesting too. my brother did the same exact program at NASA too. Cause he was, he was unsure of what to do with himself after high school. So he was like, my sister does that and I love music. So I'm going to do that too. So <laughs> it's pretty
1: cool. Yeah. <laughs> what was the, what was the journey then to go on to, to study dance? Was this, were these like happening at the same exact time or was it, you know, studio recording and then, and then dance? Yeah. So here's where the untraditional part comes in. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, So while at Nassau Community College, I was teaching at the gymnastics place that I grew up doing gymnastics at, teaching the gymnast how to dance. So at that moment, Robin, the owner, had a dance studio available and an office space. And she was like, Taylor, do you want to open up a dance studio? And I was like, yes, because that was always a childhood dream of mine. I would like doodle like uh rooms of what i would design the rooms as if i was a dance studio owner, and just because i'm like that but <laughs> um anyway so wow. so i actually opened up a dance studio at the age of 18 while attending NASA community college and then while i was commuting to the city to take the training program at broadway dance center so all at once i was doing all these things and I had the dance studio for, like, a year, I believe, a year and a half. And then I stopped that because I was like, wait a second. I can own a dance studio, the dance studio further down the road, but I can only have my body to dance and perform for a certain amount of time. So you know what? It's okay. I had a great first year. I learned a lot. It was an education in itself. I owned a business at 18. So, like, let me pause it, and then I'll come back to it later in life if, if that's the case. So then I decided to really just full throttle, go into the performing world in this city.
1: Was that a conversation with someone or just with yourself in, you know, I'm at a certain age, this is the age of being a dancer. Let me put off the studio.
0: Um, I think it was a conversation with myself yeah. because I was aware, because I actually suffered from a lot of injuries growing up because I was a gymnast and cheerleader, and dancer. So I was like, I don't want to have an injury and, with my life in regret, going, oh, I wish I could have fully pursued it. And right. I, I was very lucky to have mentors in my life at the time that really believed in me, and I saw that they believed in me, so then I started believing in myself. So it led me to a path where I am today just because of starting out with a strong foundation and belief system, especially my family, too, and friends. I am very, very, very lucky to have a strong belief and support system that believes in me because that's what keeps me going, so...
1: Yeah. Well, you brought up a good point about mentors. And if you're willing mm-hmm. to add on to that, are there standout lessons that your mentors have or are teaching you?
0: Yeah. I've learned so many things from so many different mentors, and I'm I'm lucky to just have a bunch in my back pocket that I can rely on as friends and mentors. Uh, yeah. But I mean, the most important mentor to me, looking back at my Small performing career so far <laughs> would be uh, <laughs> would be Bronwyn Carson. She was my acting coach when I was dancing at Broadway Dance Center. And it was in a pivotal time of where I was transitioning from teenager Taylor to adult Taylor. Mm. And like badass woman, entrepreneur, dancer Taylor that had beliefs and morals that she wanted to stick up for. <laughs> so it was yeah. like a transition from like that to that. And she mm. was there to guide me through acting. But with those training techniques, I've actually discovered so much self-awareness, and I realized what I actually want from this business and what kind of jobs I want to do, what type of dancer I want to be, what kind of art I want to put out, and it kind of led me to the path where I am today just because of working with her a lot. So that was one big thing. Shout out Bronwyn uh, for helping me getting to where I am today. Uh, But to this day, I have my mentors that I trust and rely and miss so much, and Grateful for them.
1: Yeah, how have you gotten better at cause I think it's really interesting with opening <laughs> opening your own company at eighteen and these <laughs> these pivotal but it's so interesting, you know, what you bring up at the beginning with your with your grandfather, your great grandfather, and just the just the background your family comes from and what those lessons and mottos can mean to you and how they can influence your you know, your cognitive function of going out into the world and achieving. How have you gotten better at asking for what you want.
0: Mm. That's always interesting. And I feel like that's a conversation that people always ask me of how, how do you go about asking or how do you go about making connections and building relationships? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's something where like in anything in life, you can't have that little wall up. That's like, well, maybe I don't know. It's just like fall the wall. Just go like break down that wall and just, say it or do it Um, and I think I have this little fire in me that when it comes to something that I care about or someone that inspires me there's no oh well I don't know it's like I have to say this right now because if I don't I will regret it (laughs) So uh, I mean I think like for example uh, when I started working with Stephanie Clements I was in the elevator coming from rehearsal with her and we were just chatting in the elevator and I was like oh you're from Long Island and I was like yeah from long island too and we just started talking you know the long island talk and then sure? she was like yeah i live in long beach and she was like i'm actually doing a dance thing at this festival this weekend can you assist me and i was like yeah. yeah just because i was just having a normal being human conversation talking about personal interests and then she happened to need an assistant that day in long island so it's just i think becoming um, Oh, that's not the word. I would say just being a human being and nice and not forcing things is where building connections lay. Because I mean, any human—if they have a forceful conversation with someone, you could tell when it's forceful or like I don't know. You know, like yeah, if it's authentic yeah. and natural, it will just kind of flourish naturally.
1: Yeah, and but but it's not um, contrived. You're not. You're not manipulating someone for something you want you're sure in who you are so the conversation is thus natural
0: exactly because i i couldn't i had i couldn't have known that stephanie needed an assistant so i wasn't talking to her because i knew i wanted to assist her right. i was just talking to her because i wanted to get to know her so it's yeah. just uh being a nice person
1: it is you know and sometimes easier said than done at least when being a nice person to total stranger, because this is another conversation I've had with a bunch of people in terms of just New York city alone, you know, between like 59th street, 34th street and both sides of the Island. That's your whole office building. And anyone in any, anyone in anywhere in that area could have something to do with theater. And that it's, you were not, <laughs> our jobs are not restrained to like one floor of one building. It's kind of ongoing, always moving. You never know who you're going exactly. to exactly, Especially in the city.
0: And nowadays on social media too. Because yes. now with quarantine and everything, it's like your social media platform is who you are as an artist if you're continuing that. So yeah. it's like how, if you're treating it as a business, what you post, how you post, what you don't post, it's just kind of like trickled into that factor as well because we can't be in person right now.
1: Yeah. Was that... Uh, Prior, you know, assisting Stephanie was that prior to Rock of Ages?
0: Yes, that was actually, ooh, I think, three years ago. I, uh, yeah, uh, so I started taking. I'm going to go back a little bit. Yeah, do, <laughs> I started taking Carla Garcia's class. Carla Garcia from Hamilton. She teaches at Broadway Dance Center. She's been in Smash and all the other shows that she's been in. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, when I was in Pro Sem, which is a professional semester at Broadway Dance Center. Uh, I started taking Carla's class with a few friends of mine. And there was just like 12 people. We would just go take our theater class weekly. We liked Carla. We liked her style. And we just loved it. So we just kept going back. And then a few months later, she booked a show called Hamilton, which like no one knows about, but like, you know, (laughs) Hamilton. And then her classes started blowing up like crazy because one, she's super talented, but two, Hamilton. So everyone started kicking. And because of just being a loyal dancer and just genuinely enjoying her class, she started asking me and my friends to do little projects for her. So we would do like pre-production workshops. We would do like little dance shows around New York city for her. And we just started doing little projects and it built a relationship with her. And I got to perform her repertoire. And then one day I was performing at, at the show Danza Hybrids festival with Carla and Carla was like, Oh yeah. So, uh, I've, you know Stephanie? And we're thinking a different Stephanie at the time. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, she's choreographing too, and she needs dancers, so I'm going to recommend you guys. And we're like, oh, okay, okay. And later on after rehearsal, we found out it was Stephanie Clements, and we're like, what? Oh, my <laughs> God. Like fangirling like crazy. So yeah. we wound up being in Stephanie's piece as well. And, like, I remember we had our first rehearsal, and it was at King's College where they practiced for Hamilton, their uh, rehearsal studio. Uh, in like, in Midtown somewhere. But anyway, it was like, church bells, like, and the angels (laughs) singing. We were just like, young, and so in awe of, like, what is life? So then just building a relationship with Stephanie from there, because of Carla, giving a good recommendation, is where I am today, which is what led me to do Rock of Ages, which led me to get my equity card, which led me to so many more opportunities. So it's like, The little people that you meet, not the little people, the people that you meet along the way. Yeah, but it's those little interactions.
1: It's those little interactions, you know, with like big people or any person or whatever size of anything. It's these little interactions you have that seemingly are passive that add up to such a large picture of who you are and what you're doing, which is just so exciting. I mean, thank you for piecing this together. It's so, it's so it's so educational for anyone to hear this and realize, oh, it's literally just being a good person. Obviously, you're an incredible dancer. Otherwise, you wouldn't be asked to do the actual dancing itself. (laughs) But it's that combined with being a good person that gets you all of these awesome opportunities.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, it's something also, it's just like I have this huge passion for performing and the arts. And it's like I have this like, I talked about the fire before, like the spark that keeps me going, but I also have this like fire for like having hope that like my friends will be these big Broadway stars, that my friends will be these big creative directors and producers and casting directors. So I, I love to see the hope of, well, I wonder what that person's going to do one day, or I wonder what that person's going to do one day. And I love the idea of seeing friends flourish into their career. And that's what also keeps me going. Cause it's like, well, to begin with, I love my friend, and I'm nice to my friend because I'm a nice human, but also down the line, what if they are the next Tony Award winner? Yeah. And if I was mean to them, and we built a bad relationship, then you have bad beef with someone, and then it's like, oh, well that's a shame. I wish I wasn't mean that one day. Right. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs>
0: like it's, all, it's just common sense with any connection, I guess, in any industry.